Thanks to Audible for supporting this episode of Industry Focus. For a limited time, get three months of Audible for $6.95 a month. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals for free. Visit audible.com slash fool or text fool, F-O-O-L, to 500-500. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. It's Monday, November 18th. I'm your host, Jason Moser. Joining me today, as most Mondays, thankfully, it's Certified Financial Planner, Mr. Matt Frankel. Matt, how's everything going? Hey, it's a little cold here, but I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a while, even though it's only been two weeks. It was because it was hot last time we had a show. <laughs> that, that makes it seem like a lot of time's passed. Well, a lot of time has passed, particularly <laughs> in the context of our jobs, as we had some earnings reports that came out while we were uh, off doing our own things. Uh, and I mean, shoot, man, the market every day, there's something going on. So it does seem like a lot of time really. Uh, since we last uh, since we last got to talk, but the upside to that is that we have a lot to talk about, and and so it should make for a fun show today. Uh, speaking of fun shows, on today's financial show, we're going to take a look at Square's most recent quarter. Uh, we're going to look at some of the latest in the world of real estate investing. We've got more of the last stock you bought and why. We've got some stocks to watch. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff, like I said. So let's go ahead and get this thing going. And Matt, we're going to lead off. With a company that we've talked a little bit about here recently, uh, Green Dot. Uh, you were recently out there in, in Las Vegas for the Money 2020 conference, and you were able to speak with some of the folks uh, from Green Dot out there. And Green Dot has been uh, making some news. It's been a little bit of a tough year for the stock, but it's not because the company is sitting still. Uh, I mean, to be sure, management has been pretty active in making deals and expanding the company's offerings, uh, and then earnings out recently. Talk to us a little bit about Green Dot. What's happening, Matt? Well, I always find Green Dot to be one of the more interesting fintechs that no one really talks about, which is why they're really on my radar. Um, A lot of what we learned in the third quarter earnings report, we already knew. Um, As you mentioned, um, they extended their biggest partnership, which is Walmart, for another seven years. Um, That's huge for the company. If you see the little Walmart money cards by checkout, those are Green Dot partnerships. Wow, seven Uh, years. I mean, that's... That's, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of certainty to add to an uncertain time. Um, they expanded the partnership with Uber to allow drivers to get paid immediately after drives, which, if you're driving for Uber, is pretty cool. I mean, I wish. I mean, if my payment showed up immediately after ending this podcast, it'd be kind of cool, but it's probably <laughs> not going to happen. Mental <laughs> notes: submit Matt's invoice. <laughs> okay, hey, maybe, go on. Maybe we should. Maybe we need to partner with Green Dot. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so they're doing cool stuff like that all around the world of finance. Um, into it with uh, TurboTax is another big partnership they expanded, um, and their quarter actually looked pretty good. The new unlimited cash back account. We had CEO Steve Street on the show a while back to talk about it when it was released, and we finally got some hard numbers. They added 1.1 million accounts. If you don't remember, that was the account that's paying three percent cash back on all on all deposits and giving 3% back on purchases. Oh, yeah. Which, as rates have gone down since they put out this product, that 3% is becoming more of a competitive advantage as interest rates keep falling. Um, I mean, when other savings accounts were paying 2.5%, maybe it's nice, but not enough to switch. But now when other ones, when other savings accounts are paying in the 1% range, you know, a 3% might, you know, kind of accelerate this growth a little bit more. Oh, sure. So uh, that that news is definitely positive. 
I already mentioned all their banking as a service partnerships that expanded during the quarter. This is the first time in a while they didn't cut their outlook for the year, um, which is, you know, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing, but it's not a bad thing. Well, to that um, point then, and I mean, I just want to ask because, I mean, it does feel like, again, we've, we've, it's been a little bit of a tough year for Green Dot, and it does seem like they've, Guided down, you know. I mean, it does. It does seem like they've just. It's not. It's not been like um, a year where they've been known for just this spate of really good news and guiding up. It seems like there's just been one challenge after another. And I mean, the stock price is reflective of that. But I mean, it does sound also based on what you're saying like they. I mean, it sounds like they've got a strategy, and it sounds like they've got a lot of really key partners in place there. So I mean, it would be reasonable to to expect. Maybe this this company is turning a corner. I mean, is there something that you're looking for beyond partnerships with companies like Walmart and with companies like Uber? Um, is there is there anything you're looking at to, to help reinforce this notion that this is a company that really is is getting its feet underneath its itself? Well, yes. The th- the key thing to look at is right now the reason for most of this pessimism, other than the. Um, in the first quarter, it was because they announced they're making a ton of new investments. They're going to be making less money because they're going to be, you know, investing more in things like marketing, developing new products, and expanding relationships. Which it looks like that's coming into fruition right now. Um, but but in fairness, that added a lot of uncertainty. So I completely understand why the market reacted the way it did when that happened. Um, the thing I'm really looking at is the net number of accounts across Square's platform, including its consumer business. Which is declining at a pretty alarming rate. You mean Green Dot's platform? Green Dot. I'm sorry, Green Dot. That's okay. Green Squares, Dot's Squares next. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Green Dot's platform. Um, that they, they have their consumer business and the banking as a service or BAS business, and the consumer business is kind of hemorrhaging customers, and they're making really no, you know, they're not sugarcoating that. Yeah. Um, in the in the third quarter, the number of total Green Dot customers dropped by two hundred fifty thousand year over year. Over six hundred thousand of that was on the consumer side, mm. so they're actually gaining customers on this banking as a service platform, but they're losing more than they're gaining on legacy products like the wall, like the money card. Um, as you know, banking offers like Square Cash and things like that get more advanced, people have less of a need for like legacy, you know, prepaid debit cards. So this is another reason they put out that unlimited cash account that I was talking about to kind of try to you know slow that the losses. So I think the big thing for me to when they're really going to be hitting a turning point is when that number becomes positive. When the net customer change from quarter to quarter becomes positive, I think you would see Green Dot just kind of go off to the races. Okay, well, something to keep an eye on. Uh, another thing to keep an eye on, it's been a decent year so far for Square shareholders, albeit a volatile one. Um, earnings came out a couple of weeks ago. We didn't get the chance to dig in last week, Matt, uh, but it did seem like it was another good quarter. I mean, it wasn't anything, it wasn't like they uh, did anything crazy one way or the other. It's sort of steady as she goes. They continue invest to continue to invest in the business and and um and realize more dollars going through the platform, more users. I mean, it does seem like things are going in the right direction with this company. Yeah, I feel like at this point Square's earnings have become kind of boring in good ways. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of um, thought the same thing actually. I was like, "You know what? I'm looking for the red flags." Right. I don't really see any of them. All right, so let's just keep moving moving on. Like Square has gotten us so used to these like, you know, 44% year-over-year revenue growth. That's a pretty normal number for Square. Yeah. <laughs> Something like 60% would have knocked their socks off. <laughs> but th- this wasn't 
surprising one way or the other, it's, which is just kind of tells you how great of a growth story this has been that we're so used to seeing numbers like you know 44% revenue growth, 30 39% growth in their lending platform. Um, the biggest thing that stood out to me, though, was the Cash App. I don't know if you saw the Cash App numbers. I did. I did. Uh, uh, cash App revenue more than doubled year over year, up 115%. And it now makes up about a quarter of Square's total, which it was, the cash app revenue was virtually nothing just not a couple of years ago. Yeah. So this is growing at a fantastic pace. We've been saying that the big growth driver for Square is going to be the cash app, that they're kind of the, whether they can successfully monetize that or not is going to be the big X factor. And it, everything I'm seeing looks like they're doing it. Um, they're, and they, uh, they launched their stock trading platform through the cash app where they're letting people invest as little as a dollar in fractional shares of stock. And that happened after the end of the third quarter. So that's not even included in these numbers. So we could see the uh, cash app monetization continue to really grow exponentially for some time to come. Yeah, I, I like the the whole idea. You'll you'll hear it in the call. They talk about this two sided network. You know, the buyers and the sellers, and they've obviously created this robust business for the sellers, their merchant customers. And you can sit and you continue just to see uh, excellent growth in that part of the network. The sales that their merchant partners are are recording, and then then the 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 investments they're making in the cash app, and that that buyer side of that two-sided network more and more. I mean, it's just giving you more things to do with that cash app. And that really is the idea. It's not to say that every single idea that they throw out there is going to stick, but there are going to be some that do. And that's ultimately the idea there. Um, and, and, you know, I tell you, given given what we've seen recently in the food delivery market uh the, the the troubles that we're seeing with Grubhub you know Uber Eats seems like it's doing okay i guess but it it's just striking me there's not a tremendous amount of loyalty in any part of that market whatsoever just as i'm <laughs> it it sort of reiterated to me how happy I was to see them unload that caviar steak that was the one part of the business that just didn't seem to fit at all um, in in line with what they're doing, and and to see that no longer really a focus, it just reinforced to me how good of a decision I think that was. Yeah, f- food service definitely makes sense for Square, but more as a partnership than like them doing it themselves. Right. Uh, yeah. I love their partnerships with like DoorDash and Grubhub. I think that's the way to go. Not necessarily to have their own food service platform to compete with those guys who you know that's not their core competency. Why? Like, why? Why put so much of your resources behind that when you're so good at everything else you do? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I mean, the numbers that I really like the most from this call um, are a little bit bigger picture because, you know, we like to talk about the war on cash here, Matt. And I don't think I've uh, talked much recently about the war on cash basket and how that um, basket of stocks is performing. So I figured with all of our uh, war on cash holdings now fully reported and and baked, we can give you some some numbers here. Since inception, which was July of 2017, the war on cash basket, which again is MasterCard, Visa, PayPal, and Square in equal amounts, that basket of stocks is up 105.2% versus the market's 31.7%. So that's good if you own any or all of those stocks. Uh, and the nice part there is that Square 
is the top performer, up over 140%, and obviously beating the market's brains out. So, uh, Jack, you know, you guys just uh, keep doing what you're doing. I think you got a bunch of happy shareholders around uh, around Fooldom here. We'll just we'll just uh, keep on looking for the red flags every quarter, and it just doesn't sound like we're going to find many of them. No, I mean, I'm a happy shareholder, and it sounds like you are too. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, let's jump into the world of real estate investing here. And listeners may recall we have a real estate investing side of the business here at The Motley Fool. Uh, MillionAcres.com is the site where you can go learn more about uh, how we are investing in the real estate space. You can read more of Matt's great content there and and uh, learn all sorts of things in regard to taxes and ideas and uh, risks and rentals. I mean, anything real estate related, MillionAcres.com is really a wonderful resource. Uh, in, in another part of that business, Mogul, which is our real estate investment service. Uh, Matt, you uh, recently, you and the team, had been making some some new investments in in the real estate world. Uh, wanted to give you a chance to talk about those today, uh, along with some ideas in regard to something maybe a lot of listeners have not heard about before, but opportunity zone investing. Uh, so why don't you take it away? Sure. Well, um, kind of a few of the things we focus on at Mogul is how to add real estate to your portfolio for not only diversification purposes, but because it's just a really good asset class to own. Um, over time, real estate investments have, as a whole, met or exceeded the performance of the stock market um, if, when done properly, uh, like through real estate investment trusts, things like that. So we'll get into that in a second. But some of the kind of unique things we do over there are a lot of tax strategies. To um, let's say you're holding a stock, um, Jason, that's up ten thousand dollars, and you want to cash out. What would be the one big problem with doing that? Well, I figure I'm going to have to pay some taxes on that. Either short-term or, or long-term capital gains taxes are going to apply, which is going to make me kind of wonder if that's the smartest thing to do. Right. So a lot of you're not alone, and you wouldn't be alone in that. A lot of people are in similar situations where they have a lot of appreciated stock or other investments they'd like to sell, but don't because of the tax thing. Well, there's this new rule that was part of the the tax reform bill called opportunity zones, which are certain you know geographical areas of the United States. Where if you take your proceeds from an investment sale and invest in a real estate project that's going on in an opportunity zone, you can defer the capital gains on the investment you just sold. And if you hold that opportunity zone investment for 10 years or more, then that gain just becomes completely tax-free. You'll never be taxed on that. So it's a really cool um, concept that is still very new and still not well known by a lot of investors. So we like to we are providing a lot of guidance on that. A few opportunity zone investment opportunities have shown up on our on our service. Um, and speaking of the service, what we do is kind of kind of a broad approach to real estate investing. We use a three pronged approach. We do REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. Um, we do real estate equities, which are just kind of just normal stocks that have to do with the real estate business. We'll get into one in a minute. And then this new thing that we're doing, uh, my colleague uh, Matt Argersinger, who's our lead analyst. Uh, he's recommending what are known as uh, crowdfunded real estate opportunities, whereas which means a bunch of investors get together, pool their money, and invest in essentially a single asset that has some sort of either a value add component, like maybe a renovation, or some unique opportunity with this one asset where you can, you know, really earn some great returns. Um, I'll talk about that one first. Actually, um, 
one that we recommended a while back was uh, the Nobu restaurant in DC. Oh, uh, yeah. Been, yeah, you've been to Nobu, right? I was just over there not too long ago with Maddie, as a matter of fact. <laughs> the food's phenomenal. It's the chain of sushi restaurants. I think Robert De Niro is one of the big owners. Um, I don't know if you knew that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, the, it's no- a brand with a very reputable name, that's for sure. Yes. Um, the the one on the West End neighborhood in DC, I think it is. Um, with it, essentially, they we bought that building, uh, this investment syndicate, which we participated in, and it's a really cool investment. Cause they're on a twenty year lease, first of all, with a built in two point five percent rent increase year after year. So you know, great steady income. Sure. But the kicker is that the lease is also tied to the performance of the restaurant. So if they hit certain sales targets, their rent goes up by even more. Nobu's doing phenomenally well. So, <laughs> I see where this is going. So this is a great opportunity to think of it like a like a bond with some upside. You're getting your your steady income that's guaranteed, and then upside potential if the restaurant does really well. And I mean, this they're targeting about a 14 percent rate of return. Um, the develop the developer who's sponsoring the project is a great track record. And things like this are what Mogul can really guide you on. And the crowdfunding area is so new, it's really tough to, to separate what are the good investment opportunities from the ones you should probably stay away from where the risk doesn't make sense. So that's the kind of guidance we provide. We have a proprietary method to really weed out the, the best deals, and we present them to our members. And then we kind of round that out with the REITs and equities. Um, just to name one that we went, uh, one that I'm particularly proud of is uh, Store Capital, which was my my first recommendation through Mogul uh, when we originally launched in March. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is a real estate investment trust that buys single tenant, freestanding, what are called net lease properties. Think like um, uh, movie theaters or fast food restaurants, oh, those yeah. kind of buildings. Um, it's the only real estate investment trust in Warren Buffett's portfolio. If that tells you anything. Um, they're rapidly expanding. Um, they've uh, grew revenue at 25% year over year just because they're just raising money and just do, really riding this business model out. Um, they're almost fully occupied at 99.7% occupancy rates, almost unheard of in the REITs business. Um, <clears throat> just really doing great. Uh, like I said, a Buffett pick. It's up about 30% since we recommended it, but it's still a great, great company to buy. Um, and just kind of uh, on the topic of interest rates, which we mentioned a little earlier in the show, if if you think interest rates are going to stay low for a while, which it looks like they are, REITs are really a great space to be in. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. So th- definitely um, really interesting a- approach to investment, great long-term return potential, great way to insulate yourself from recessions, especially with those crowdfunded real estate opportunities because they're not publicly traded and you won't see your investment go up and down constantly. Um, they're just designed for income and great returns over the long run. Um, so check out, uh, you can find information about Mogul at realestate.fool.com. It's realestate.fool.com. We reopened the service recently. It's open for, I think, another day or so. Um, but it's And they're offering, actually, I think, a pretty good special on there right now. So check out the site um, if you're interested in adding real estate to your investment approach. And you can also check out uh, millionacres.com if you want just some kind of educational real estate content. That's millionacres.com. 
Check it out, fools. I guarantee you, you'll learn something new. There's a lot of great stuff over there. I've checked it out myself. I get to talk with Maddie and Matt all the time regarding this stuff. And, uh, you know, the neat the neat thing to watch as you guys build the service out is you clearly are focused on a segment of the market that you're both very passionate about. And, um, you know, my experience, when you find people who are doing something they really love, they tend to do it pretty well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so give 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 them, give them a look, folks. Uh, I, Matt, I will listen. say that we've recommended eight things or nine things so far, and eight of them are beating the S&P. So. Well, hey, you got that going for you, which is nice. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, listen, Matt, you know what? It, it's that time of year, um, and, and it seems like everyone is traveling and running around, and it seems like that is only going to be more the case here over the coming month. Uh, people looking for thoughtful gifts for the people they care about. I'm sure you're probably in the middle of trying to figure that out as well. But you know what? Maybe you should think about giving yourself the gift of listening with an Audible membership. And for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for $6.95 a month at audible.com slash fool, or text fool, F-O-O-L, to 500-500. With Audible, you can access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivationals, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, even Audible originals. And talk about customer-centric. If you don't like an audiobook, you exchange it for free. Plus, your audiobooks are yours to keep forever, even if you cancel. There are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. You know, Matt, I've been known to enjoy a good Stephen King yarn from time to time. And I gotta say, I mean, the more and more... I like this idea of listening to books. There are only so many good podcasts in the world, and I think I'm looking forward to making Mr. King's most recent effort, The Institute, my next Audible listen. So for a limited time, get three months of Audible for, again, $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Each month, choose one audiobook plus two Audible originals for free. Visit audible.com slash F-O-O-L or text FOOL, F-O-O-L, to 500-500 and give yourself the gift of listening. Okay, Matt, it's time for one of our favorite segments. And this really has grown into be one of my favorite segments because the responses just, just don't stop. It's it's the last stock you bought and why. This thing has really taken off, and we've got listeners telling us the last stocks they bought and why. You know we want to hear about these stocks you folks are buying. So make sure to email us at industryfocus at fool.com or get us on Twitter at MFIndustryFocus. Let us know the last stock you bought and why. Uh, Todd at Todd Nakano tweeted simply, my last one to buy is Match.com yesterday after hours at $58 per share. And I think I understand why you did it, Todd, even if you didn't really want to go into that. Uh, pretty impressive business with a stranglehold on the dating market, the online dating market. So good good on you there. Uh, Harlan, can, I, can I tell a quick story there? I, I uh, met my wife on Match.com. Well, you know, you're not the first person <laughs> I've talked. I mean, it seems like more and more people I'm meeting are finding their significant others on Match.com or some some affiliated property there. And I mean, you know, listen, when I was growing up, when, when I met my wife, the internet really hadn't even taken hold yet. So, I mean, it was a little bit of a different time. But yeah, it certainly seems like more and more uh, that is how a lot of people are meeting. And so, hey, yeah, check it out. I mean, that's a business I've looked a lot. I, I've looked into it. And I t- it's just it's an it's impressive business uh, with a lot of tailwinds uh, in play there. I, I think there are still still many good days ahead for investors. Um, Harlan Baya at Q R I 
A-T-O-R, creator. Maybe that's what that is, Harlan. Good good handle there. Uh, Harlan let us know on Twitter. He says the last stock he bought was Transmedics. Why? It's a small company with great ambitions to improve transplant organ transport. With one FDA-approved and two more in testing, donors and recipients deserve better than 80% of viable organs being trashed because of ice and distance. Uh, This was a stock recently featured on the Healthcare Industry Focus podcast, and I loved researching it more. Shout out to Healthcare for getting this idea out there. Small company with a bright future because it works towards a better future for humankind. And I remember hearing that show. I think it was actually Brian Feroldi. I remember talking about that. I do. I think it's a really interesting, interesting sounding company there. So thanks, Harlan. And from Ron, Ron hit us up on email here. Ron says the last stock I bought was American Tower. I don't see smartphone data usage slowing down anytime soon. Thanks. Ron Burkett. Ron, I agree with you. I think it's only more about the smartphone, not less. Kind of like that cowbell, right? Everybody just needs a little bit more. Uh, Matt, you got a stock that you recently bought too, right? I do. And first, I'll have to say um, all three of those are good picks. We and Come to think of it, we're yet to really hear any stocks that we really disagree with. We have some good <laughs> stock pickers as listeners. Maybe, yeah, they're taking our, maybe they're taking advice from a, a bunch of fools. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to be fair. If, if I get penny stocks in there, I'm going to read them. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to agree with it, but I agree with you. It does seem like a lot of these ideas that we're getting here are good ones that uh, you, you can certainly understand why people are buying them. Yeah, we we got to make that point. We're not just reading the good ones. No. Like if if someone if someone like bought a stock that we really didn't like, we would you know, we'd try to steer them right. I'm telling you, you send it, we'll <laughs> read it. Uh, but anyway, uh, yes, I did. I finally bought. Uh, I have one to add. I finally pulled the trigger and bought Green Dot. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. <laughs> um, I, after um, I think I got more tweets this week asking me if I was going to buy Green Dot on the dip than um, than you did. You know, overall stocks that, that people bought. Um, but yeah, so to answer all the people who have reached out on Twitter, yes, I finally added it to my portfolio. I made a pretty substantial buy of some green dot shortly after earnings because I can't find anything wrong with the third quarter that I don't like. Um, I understand I could find a bunch wrong with the first and second quarters, even though I was still optimistic long-term, but the third quarter, I really can't find anything wrong with, especially that would make the stock go down another 15 or whatever percent it is. He's putting his money where his mouth is, folks. I mean, how I can how, how can you you can't hate him for that? Uh, okay, well let's let's just jump into a few more stocks here, and then to wrap things up here, it's time for ones to watch. Uh, Matt, what is your one to watch this coming week? Um, in the spirit of real estate, I'm going to mention Store Capital again. Okay. Uh, interest rates spiked a little bit, so we got a little bit of a pullback in a lot in our favorite REITs. Um, we're seeing starting to see uh, interest rates go down. Um, not necessarily recession fears, but the trade war uncertainty is growing back up again. Um, we're seeing interest rates go down, so now it's a, I think it's a good time to get back into a, a rock-solid real estate investment trust like Store Capital that I mentioned earlier. Ticker what, symbol is S-T-O-R. There you go. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna be watching Home Depot. Home Depot earnings come out on Tuesday morning, and, uh, you know, beyond being just, you know, what is really a stellar business. I mean, I always find this just to be a good look into the housing market and and uh, how things are are shaping up. I mean, typically with retail, as as always, we're looking at comps, looking for indicators on traffic and tickets, uh, but also just to just get a better idea of, of how they're viewing the interest rate environment, the real estate market. Um, I mean, you know, 
this does seem to be a business that performs well in good good weather and bad weather, and whether you're renting or owning. Uh, so always just one that I that I like to follow. It's it's a a recommendation in in uh, my augmented reality service here, Matt. I'm not going to lie there. It's it's one of the reasons why I follow it as well. Uh, but a lovely 2.3% dividend yield that should keep on growing over time. Uh, be interested to see what they have to say Tuesday morning. Uh, and with that, I think we will call it a day. Because Matt, I got to get home and pack. I'm hitting the road tomorrow morning, and I'm flying down to your neck of the woods. Oh, where yeah. you headed? Uh, actually, heading down to Greenville, Spartanburg. Going to go see uh, all the good people at Wofford College again and uh, speak to some students and faculty about investing and in augmented reality and all that fun stuff. So, uh, you know, I got to go do that last year. Uh, and a byproduct of that was an interview with uh, Dr. Philip Swicegood. I'm going to see Philip again while I'm there. But uh, if you remember Philip, uh, he and the investing club there, the fund there at Wofford, they take those gains and they they use those gains to fund microloans for uh, folks in need in areas like uh, the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Uh, so really, just excited to get back down there and catch up with those folks for a couple of days. And I'll have uh, I'll have a recap for you next week. How about that? Excellent. Beautiful area. I'm going to send you to check on my grandparents while you're there. They live right right around there. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk after we get done taping. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good week. Appreciate you joining. All right. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Today's show is produced by Austin Morgan. For Matt Frankel, I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.